this morning, we are talking about come alive. And so I'm going to talk about something specific, a scripture. Has any of you ever had a craving? Anybody who's been pregnant definitely has suffered from major cravings, okay? So when I was pregnant, I craved with each of my kids something different. So with with one of them, it was like hamburgers and a Coke. And before that, I hated red meat. This was the, like blossoming of my red meat desire. I liked red meat, and I had to have a hamburger and fries and Coke, but not just any hamburger. It had to be McDonald's. Like, right? Oh, gosh. Wrong. There were definitely some veggie cravings in there, too, but that went, oh. And then, and then after that, it was mac and cheese. Kraft mac and cheese. I could eat boxes, like literally but I'd sit down, make a box, eat, the, eat it out of the pot. And that, was, and that was Fonka. I craved that. And she loves mac and cheese now. She loves it. All right. Then it was candy. I see a trend here. Everything unhealthy. Everything unhealthy. It was candy. I could, Jeff would, he was a youth pastor at this point, and he had like a candy store at his disposal. And so he would go and he would buy me like a big bag of candy. And you'd think... Oh, that'll last like a few weeks, a day. It lasted me a day, a day. It was these like the, the sour, you know, candies, all those ones. I couldn't stop eating them. I had so many cavities after I was done being pregnant that time. I think I had like eight cavities, no joke, no joke. And then Doritos. One of my kids, it was Doritos. These are so unhealthy. I'm so sorry, children, that I put you through this. <laughs> Doritos. You know the giant bags of Doritos? Like the biggest ones you can buy? I ate one in a 24-hour span. No kidding. I know. I'm surprised. Like, oh, my. Anyways, I share all this to say, even though I would eat that giant bag of Doritos, do you think I was satisfied? No. I craved Doritos again later. You know, even though I ate that giant bag of candy, was that enough? No, I wanted more candy and more candy and more candy, right? There is nothing that satisfies that craving fully. It never makes it go away fully until, well, it just never does. Now, I can't really like, I don't really like mac and cheese anymore. I can't eat it. But, you know, in preparing for this sermon, well, I'm speaking on John 6, 35, and in it, it talks about Jesus being the bread of life and that he's the one that satisfies fully. And no matter what we chase after in this life, no matter what we think is going to satisfy our need, it won't satisfy. We'll go back to it. We'll come out the other side, and we'll, well, every time I ate all that, I felt disgusting, but, you know, we come out the other side kind of empty-handed. But when we go to Jesus, we're full. And we're full forever. Forever. And so God was challenging me as I'm preparing this. What are you looking for? Are you looking for me? Or are you looking for things? Are you looking for stuff to satisfy these needs in you? And so I, uh, as, I, as I leaned into this, the story of Mary and Martha came to mind. And I don't know if all of you know it, but we're going to read the scripture together because Mary 
she went to Jesus. She looked for Jesus to satisfy her. So let's look at Luke 10, 38 to 42. And Jesus said to his disciples, oh, sorry, he didn't say anything. Jesus and his disciples, these need to work a little better here. (laughs) Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. Isn't she wonderful to open up her home? She said she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? How many of you can relate to that moment right there, right? Seriously, would somebody help me around here? Tell her to help me. He didn't, wow, the audacity, right? Jesus, tell her what to do. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I'm sure Jesus has said to me, Ingrid, Ingrid, you are concerned and upset over many things, but only one thing is needed. Martha came to Jesus anxious and stressed, frustrated, and feeling justified in her request. It was more of a demand, but her request, right? She was justified. She was like, Jesus, look, I invite you to my home, and I need help now. This isn't like, oh, people are going to show up in a week. Jesus, can you get her to help me? No, this was a now need, and I don't know if any of you can relate to this, feeling like you have a now need that you're going to Jesus with. But Martha went to, her, went to him and, and said, like, I need this now. You guys are sitting in my home, and Martha's sitting at Jesus' feet. I would have been indignant for sure. I definitely relate to Martha. Anybody else relate to Martha? Yeah, I would have been like in the kitchen, like slamming the dishes and scrubbing really hard and putting cookies on a plate and serving them. Hey, here, Jesus. And then go, that would have been me in the kitchen. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sure I'm the only one. But, uh, but Jesus said to her that she was worried about the wrong thing. And so many of us feel like there's all these piles of need around us, don't we? Like need to stop doing things, need to help, need to find, need to be, need to feel, need to stop feeling need to start, need to heal, all these needs pressing in around us. And we go to Jesus, and we're like, Jesus, do something now, right? But in the need, we ache for a solution, and often, often, it's a quick fix that we want. It's the craving. Cravings doesn't have to be after all the worldly things. It can be just after, fix my need, Jesus. Fix my problem. When we don't look for Jesus, we look for the fix. Right? Anyways, Martha was looking for the fix. She wasn't looking for Jesus. And often in the searching for the fix, we run and we grab a a bite of chocolate and a scripture and we're like, okay, I'm ready for my day. And we run out the door to go fix all our problems with Jesus by our side. But... We leave Jesus at the door 
because we just grabbed a quick bite? And are we really filled up, ready to tackle the day? Or did we just go on a little high and crash because we grabbed our chocolate and our scripture and thought we were ready? And God's saying, like, have a meal. Dig into me. Let me satisfy you. Let me sustain you through your day. Well, that's what Mary was doing. She was leaning into Jesus and she was sitting at his feet and she was being satisfied in him. She was letting him fill her deeper need, her spiritual need. And I know for me, so often I forget that that's actually my most pressing need, is to be filled by Jesus. And in the scriptures, it says this, to seek first Jesus and not the things he gives. In Matthew 6, 25 to 34, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Please hear that. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble of its own. This is a scripture to tuck away and pull out daily and remind yourself that God's got it to live in the day in him. What are you seeking? Are you seeking first Jesus or are you seeking healing and comfort and freedom and things and marriage and relationships and needs and money and help and whatever it is that today you see in front of you that you don't have? These things aren't bad to talk to God about, and as, as a matter of fact, he tells us to talk to him about them. But what is consuming your thoughts? What is driving you forward in life? Is it, a, is it a fierce pursuit of God? Is it a pursuit after this? Is it diving into the bread of life? Or is it the quick fix that gets you through the day? Is it to have something fixed now to make something feel better? We have so much in our day-to-day lives that we need. But in the end, God is what we need. Things will come and go, guys. Things will come and go. So Jesus pushes into this with the crowd in Capernaum in John 6. And this is where we're going to kind of dive in a little bit deeper. The day before, Jesus has been teaching a large crowd. And some of you will know this story. He performed the miracle where he took 
five loaves and two fishes, and he broke them up, and he fed 5,000 people with it. And here we're going to hear how an interaction the following day happened with some of the people who were in the crowd that Jesus had fed before. And they were looking for Jesus, and it says, John 6, 25 to 35, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking. You are looking for me, not because you saw the sign I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which is the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the work that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see in it and believe you? Was like the loaves and fish, 5,000 people didn't seem to register. What sign will you give? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who, get, who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. It's not registering. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Yes. Uh, yes. Right? Yes. These people came seeking Jesus, but it wasn't for Jesus. They were like, get out of the way, Jesus. Where's the bread? Move out of the way, Jesus. Where's the bread? Like, fill my current hunger. It wasn't Jesus that they looked for. It was just what he could give. And I think... It's very easy for us to do that too, isn't it? Jesus went on to tell them that he was the bread of life, that he's the one that can eternally fill them, that what we get by seeking him first is eternal, it's not temporal. And though we have earthly needs, this will last. He told them clearly, that we need to seek the giver, not the gifts. We need to ask ourselves, are we seeking the temporal? Are we seeking immediate gratification? Are we looking for Jesus or for the things we want from him? And I think it's important to stop and reflect on that. Because it's easy to feel like you're seeking Jesus when you come to him with your requests and like I said, requests aren't bad. But I think where I see it in my own life is when I stop and look at what's consuming my thoughts, what's eating at my heart. He will satisfy. You know, it's not actually the provision of our temporal needs, though in the moment it feels great. But think about it. How many times have you seen a need met in your life? Is that still satisfying you today? 
Is that need met whatever day that happened? Is it still fulfilling you now? A lot of times, those just are a moment, and then another need will come. And Jesus knows that. He will satisfy you in the journey. And each need that comes along, he will add it onto us as we seek first his kingdom. And it takes a lot of discipline to seek Jesus first because in our nature, we'll get distracted in waiting. There's a story in the Bible where the Israelites were, they were in the wilderness and they were in transition from Egypt to the promised land. And in there, Moses was like, okay, I'm going to go up and get some instructions from God. It's in Exodus 32. He's going to go up the mountain. They had just encountered God in an incredible way, so much so that the people were like, you speak on behalf of God because if he speaks, I'm pretty sure we'll all be dead. They were too scared to hear God's voice. That's how powerful they knew God was. Okay, so Moses goes on up the mountain. He's up there, and while they're waiting, they're like, gee, man, this guy's taking forever. And they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're getting restless, and so they're like, you know, one of them's like, hey, why don't I just take all your gold rings and I'll build a calf. I'll build something for you to worship. And in the waiting, they replaced God, the one who they had just seen, like, part the waters, rescue them from Egypt, be so powerful they couldn't even listen to his voice. They replaced him with a golden calf. And in our lives, we'll often encounter the bread of life, We'll eat of it and be like, wow, this is insane. God is so good. And then while we're waiting for him to answer something or provide something or do something that he said he would do, we're like, this is taking way too long. Well, I'll eat this instead. This must be where I get my energy from. This must be what I need to go to. And so they replace God with a fake because they didn't want to wait. And in the meantime, God was giving them everything they were itching for. He was writing it down for them. All the, all the rules they were looking for, him being present with them and how to live and how to get to the promised land, and he was doing all that. It just took a little too long. Can't we relate to that? Who here is impatient? I am. When I'm waiting on God for something, I find it so hard to wait. But I promise you, he's working, like that song says, even when we can't feel it, even when we can't see it. And so I encourage you, don't give in to the temptation to put a fake in place of the God you know has provided for you. You've seen him work. Remember, remember the work that he has done. So as we wait on God, as we take of the bread of life, we will have strength to wait There'll be a rest in it. The circumstances no longer dictate whether we are seeking God or not, whether we have peace or not, whether we are satisfied or not, because our satisfaction isn't in the temporal things, even in the answers God has given us. It is in God himself, and no experience or passing moment or provision or thing that we seek after will give us that, only God. And every day sustaining beautiful relationship with him is what will sustain us. We can rejoice in the fact that Jesus made a way for us to sit at his feet daily, being filled up with him, having a Holy Spirit leading us, comforting and empowering us to live as God has asked. 
And just like this chocolate, you'll eat it, you'll feel amazing for a few seconds, like you could, you've got lots of energy, and you'll crash right down after. But when you live anchored into Christ, you will not have that crash. You will be sustained. He will carry you through. He will give you what you need. You won't always feel cozy and super comforted. Sometimes it will be hard. But you will be sustained. We must be disciplined. In the Psalms, Psalm 63, David cries out to God. See, David relied on God and put God above everything else. He wasn't perfect. He didn't do anything perfectly. But he knew that God was where his source was. And he knew God was the only one who could sustain him. And God was where he turned every time he had trouble. And God was who rejoiced when he had amazing things happen. So I'm going to invite the worship team up. And they're going to sing a song. Fonka's going to sing a song over you. You guys don't need to sing it. You won't know the words. She's going to sing a song over you. That is off of Psalm 63, where David, it's believed that he was running from his son. You know, not always does parenting go as we planned. And he was running from his son, who was trying to overthrow him as king and take his crown and kill him. And he's out in the wilderness alone, feeling probably absolutely devastated that this is happening in his family. Much loss. And he cried out to God, and he, he cried out, telling God, I encourage you to read Psalm 63. Telling God how sorrowful he was, but in the end he said, all I want is you. In the end, at the end of the day, you're what satisfies me, and I hunger and I thirst and I long after you. He's in the desert, a wilderness, a dry place where he had nothing. And so my heart's cry is that each of your hearts cry would be that no matter what you're facing, whether it's as a parent navigating things with your kids, whether it's wanting to have children, whether it's circumstances in your life around you, whether it's basic fundamental needs, housing and clothing and food, that your heart's cry would be, I just need you. That you wouldn't push, push past Jesus to get to this, but instead you would push past this your circumstances, your needs, your struggles, your desires, push past them to this. Lay this down as a sacrifice before God, saying, I don't know how, I don't know how to get what I need, but you do. And as a matter of fact, sometimes there are needs that I think I have that aren't actually what I need. There's something different you have for me. So I encourage you today that as scary as it is 
to say, I'm only hungry for God. When there's something pressing in around you, it's worth it. He's faithful. And you'll look back and be so thankful because he will have provided in a way you can't imagine, even if it's just to give you the strength to walk it through. I promise. I promise that he may not give you what you want, but he will give you exactly what you need. And that he, he will never, never leave you dissatisfied. He will always satisfy your deepest hunger and your deepest longing. So I'm gonna pray and I just wanna have them sing over you and I want you to close your eyes there's something you're holding on to or looking for, just take some time and give it to him. Wrestle it out with him. If you're not ready to give it up, tell him. Say, I don't know how to get past wanting this. I don't know how to lay this down. But I want to figure out how to get to you. So God, I thank you for each person here thank you that you are the bread of life and that you gave your life, Jesus, so that we could come and partake. You gave your life so that we actually had the opportunity to not starve to death apart from you, but to be fully satisfied, never lacking. And so, Jesus, I pray for each person here, and I pray that you would meet them in such a beautiful way in this moment. As they cry out to you as David did, I long after you first.